0: Good morning. I'm Eric Anderson in for Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, December 21st. There's a new way to fight COVID-19. We'll have more on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. The Biden administration is asking the U.S. Supreme Court to lift the Trump-era rule known as Title 42, but not until next week. Title 42 allows border officials to turn away asylum seekers because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Regardless of the delay, San Diego organizations are preparing for an influx of refugees and asylum seekers. Nonprofits on both sides of the border say in Tijuana, many shelters are already overwhelmed. A San Diego federal judge ruled this week that part of California's recent gun bill is unconstitutional. SB 1327 was signed into law by Governor Newsom in July. It allows Californians to sue those making, selling, transporting, or distributing assault weapons and ghost guns. It was modeled after a Texas bill allowing its citizens to sue abortion doctors and clinics. The San Diego judge blocked the fee-shifting portion of the bill, saying the move was unconstitutional. Newsom welcomed the ruling in hopes that higher courts will agree and also invalidate the Texas abortion law. A new shelter for seniors experiencing homelessness is now open. San Diego elected officials yesterday opened the Seniors Landing Bridge Shelter. That facility is a leased hotel that has 33 private rooms. It'll be operated by the county's Serving Seniors program and will prioritize residents 55 and older who've been matched with housing resources. The city is leasing the hotel through June next year with options to renew the lease. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
1: Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news events and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another has it.
2: This is Port of Entry.
1: The Parker Edison Project. Listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again.
0: Now that winter is upon us, we're also in the season of respiratory infections. But there's a new way to fight one of the bigger ones, COVID-19. KPBS Sci/Tech reporter Thomas Fudge tells us about nasal vaccines.
3: Booster shots do a very good job of preventing severe cases of COVID, but they don't do much to prevent the actual infection. Dr. Eric Topol is director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute. He says while masking helps with that, people's reluctance to wear masks, especially during holiday gatherings, makes them impractical. So we need something more than masks, and there's only one other thing we can do. He says nasal vaccines are, pardon the pun, our best shot to block infections. Those spray vaccines are effective in the very place where virus-laden aerosols enter the body.
4: They should work against all of
3: the variants you know, this is something that would be very exciting, the ability to start to block the whole chain of transmission. Dopol says the one thing we're unsure of is how long nasal vaccines remain effective. He hopes to see some news from health officials about nasal spray availability in the weeks ahead. Thomas Fudge, KPBS
0: News. More and more migrants are taking to the sea in their efforts to cross into the U.S. without detection, and those attempts are often deadly along the San Diego coastline. iNews Source reporter Sophia Mejia Pasco
2: has the story. The Panga boat overflowed with passengers as it traveled from Ensenada to San Diego through the night. Maritime crossing attempts like this one from May of last year are inherently dangerous, according to customs officials. But immigration attorney Holly Webb said restrictive border policies, like Title 42, have made migrants more desperate. Nobody wakes up and and wants to cross in the most dangerous way possible, but they're put into a position where they don't feel like they have a choice to save their lives. Since March 2020, Title 42 has essentially closed off the U.S.'s asylum system. The policy is set to end later this month. For KPBS, I'm iNewsSource reporter Sophia Mejias-Pasco.
0: iNewsSource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. This holiday will be the first spent away from home for millions of Ukrainians who fled the country since Russia invaded Ukraine back in February. KPBS reporter Claire Strong met one family— Who's celebrating in a new country this year?
5: 13 year old Misha wants something money can't buy this Christmas. For the war to be over. Misha, along with his parents and sister, fled to San Diego in August after Russian bombs destroyed their hometown in Ukraine. They'll now be spending Christmas thousands of miles from everything they've ever known. But at least they're safe, thanks to Ukrainian-born Olga Ginsberg, who brought the family to San Diego after fleeing here herself more than two decades ago.
2: The most difficult and the most hardest part to leave your friends and your family behind. When you had a good life there, you come and you don't know what to expect.
5: The United Nations estimates at least 12 million Ukrainians have been forced to leave their homes since the Russian invasion. Claire Strong, KPBS News.
0: Coming up, a San Diego jazz trumpeter has a new album out after years of health struggles. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break.
4: and donate what you can. All right? Thanks.
0: Feeding San Diego hosted another holiday food distribution yesterday, this time at Southwestern College. While there have been a lot of these big events since the pandemic, KPBS reporter Melissa May says no one expected the need to last so long.
2: For almost two years, Feeding San Diego has been hosting large-scale drive through food distributions. They were started to help families during the pandemic. Carissa Casares is the senior communications manager for Feeding San Diego. These
5: were never really even intended to be permanent. This was an emergency response for all of the families that were struggling. But because of inflation, because of the rise of cost of nearly everything, we just aren't seeing the lines go down.
2: Families received about 40 pounds of food, including some holiday staples. Feeding San Diego was prepared to serve 2,000 families, and a total of 1,700 families were given nutritious food. Melissa May, KPBS News.
0: And there is more help for families during the holidays around the county. Many kids this holiday season have been getting sick with respiratory viruses, and parents with hospitalized little ones haven't had much time for holiday shopping. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman visited Rady Children's Hospital, where staff are helping spread some holiday cheer.
2: Any, like, car thing, they're into wheels.
0: Santa is getting some extra help this year, thanks to Rady
3: Children's Hospital and donations from San Diegans. Temecula resident Kimberly Murphy has had her hands full after her three boys recently came down with the respiratory virus RSV.
2: I can't believe Christmas is in five days. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, so... Um not quite prepared.
3: That's why this Radies toy and book event is so critical. Murphy's been focused on her boys, especially two-week-old Trey, who spent the last few days in the hospital on oxygen.
2: Watching him struggle to breathe was like the hardest thing I've ever had to watch. But um, we brought him in in time, luckily, and he's resilient and he's going to be okay.
3: Trey is expected to be released in time for Christmas and he and his brothers will all have presents under the tree. Matt
0: Hoffman, KPBS News. Around 300 kids are hospitalized at Rady's and all of their parents were offered Santa's help this holiday season. San Diego jazz trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos has a new album out, his first in almost a decade. The recording also represents a triumphant return to music for Castellanos after a rocky few years. KPBS Arts producer and editor Julia Dixon Evans takes a closer look.
5: been a period of waiting and uncertainty for Gilbert Castellanos, local jazz trumpet great and the founder of the Young Lions Jazz Conservancy. Since 2019, his career was interrupted by debilitating jaw and mouth pain and a string of major surgeries to correct serious dental problems caused by playing the trumpet. And then there was the pandemic. But Castellanos is back and he is deeply, unflinchingly grateful.
4: Every time I play, I treat it like it's like my last day living. I treat it like it's like the altar when I step on that bandstand. I call it the altar of joy because it's a privilege to do what I do. My whole attitude has changed when it comes to music and who knows if I'll ever get to play music again and I want to make it count every time I play.
5: Cassianus just released a new jazz album called Esperame en el Cielo. It translates to Wait for Me in Heaven. It's a collection of the songs that provided solace during the dark time and also hope that soon he'd play the trumpet again.
4: The thing about this album that's so special to me is that it really kind of represents The period of of everything that I've been going through for these last three years, you know, it's been just, my life has just been turned upside down. And this music is the music that got me through that.
5: Jazz pianist and composer Joshua White arranged the songs on the album for a five-piece band. Piano, drums, bass, alto saxophone, and Cassiano's on trumpet. The album begins with the chaotic and fragmented opening notes of Bilad as Sudan. Castellanos' trumpet floats in with arpeggios and truncated phrases.
4: It almost sounds like you're going to go into a ballad, and then all of a sudden it's just like a sucker punch, and we go into this hard bop uh, melody that's just kind of in your face.
5: Another track is Big P, written by American jazz legend Jimmy Heath for his brother, bassist Percy Heath. Cassianis wanted to record it as a tribute to the Heath family. He says the track hasn't been recorded much. The past is a big part of jazz, he says, and it's central to the way he teaches music.
4: In jazz in particular, I think that that the history plays a huge, huge role. I, I look at it as being your DNA for becoming a great jazz musician and having your own voice.
5: The title track, Esperame en el Cielo, is a mournful Latin American piece.
4: It's a beautiful bolero, and to this day, it just brings tears to my eyes.
5: The original song has lyrics, which are crafted into the trumpet melody. Cassianos delivers a low, understated trumpet sound. It almost seems like singing. That simple, subdued song is the one he spent the most time
4: working on. I know when you listen to the album, you hear some of the more complex and um, just more intricate arrangements, but this one is, is the one that is my heart and soul.
5: Castellanos still has one more surgery to repair his jaw, but for the time being, he's basking in the joy of this album. It's a love letter to perseverance, hope, and to music. Julia Dixon-Evans, KPBS News.
0: San Diego jazz trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos' new album, Esperame en el Cielo, is out now. San Diego pickleball enthusiasts have found themselves in a bit of a sour situation. The game requires a special court, and there are few places to play in the city. KPBS reporter Claire Trageser says that led to drama over the summer, and the city is still working on solutions
2: you can hear it from the parking lot emanating from a chula vista park on a warm thursday evening is the sound of hundreds of plastic pickleballs slamming into hard asphalt men and women young and old gathered to play the trendy sport that has exploded in popularity in recent years one of them is 71 year old mark Breezeboy.
0: if you look at my uh, contact list on my cell phone I probably have 400 people I've met playing pickleball.
2: But these picklers have a, well, pickle.
0: I'm appalled at the fact that San Diego does not jump on the bandwagon and get into the pickleball swing.
2: Local picklers are led by Stefan Boyland, one of the founders of Pickleball SD. In pickleball, there are dinkers who make soft shots and bangers who drive the ball hard to overpower their opponents. In his dealings with the city, Boyland is definitely a banger. We've gotten a lot of
3: lip service, but we haven't gotten a lot of action. We still have zero dedicated public pickleball courts in the city of San Diego. That's right, zero, you heard me right. Uh, We're about five years behind every other city.
2: Boyland clearly has a mission to bring pickleball to the masses. But like many before him who have attempted to get the city of San Diego to do anything in a timely fashion, Boyland is stymied. To build new courts, he needs meetings, plans, approvals, permits, and construction. Pickleball, he says, cannot wait. So Boyland rose up, staging what amounted to an Occupy Tennis protest. Or maybe a pickle-in? So you
4: got to know that you have to sign in pay a fee and it's
3: for tennis only. Yeah, we understand that.
2: Last week, he and other picklers stormed the courts at Rob Field in Ocean Beach, set up their own pickleball net, and started to play. A tennis player called the police, and a dispute erupted over whether they had an active permit.
3: Get Go, get out of here. You're I don't play pickleball.
2: No charges were filed. City wants both of the sports
3: to thrive, but not without hindering one over the other.
2: Tim Graham is a spokesman for the Parks Department and says the city has no plans to change the tennis courts at Rob Field to pickleball.
3: The city is trying to find ways to provide as many pickleball courts as possible um, without displacing other organizations.
2: Options include taking over unused shuffleboard courts. Apparently, there's no shuffleboard lobby in the city to protest plus striping new pickleball courts on basketball or other hard surfaces. And the city has brought in a national expert to interview both sides and come up with a pickleball tennis peace treaty.
3: Um, I understand um, that once people got into this sport, it's pretty addictive, and people seem to really, really love it. But, you know, what the city's doing, it's best to provide these services as quickly as we can.
2: At noon on a recent Friday, only a few courts at Rob Field were being used by tennis players. While outsiders might wonder why they can't share tennis courts with pickleball, that just won't work, says Todd Sprigg. If you play
3: pickleball, it has a very different sound, okay? And and so those sports are not necessarily compatible next to each other.
2: Plus, the lines on the court are different, the nets are different, and players would want the courts at the same time. Sprague says he agrees there is a need for more pickleball facilities in San Diego.
3: But cannibalizing tennis facilities when tennis is growing and has grown doesn't make any sense at all.
2: So the city is left working on a compromise that doesn't involve cannibalism. Claire Trageser, KPBS News.
0: We'll have an update on pickleball activists' efforts for more places to play in San Diego on tomorrow's podcast. That's it for the podcast today. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening and have a great day.